Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. God's people are destroyed due to the lack of knowledge. Therefore, the church has the responsibility to educate people with the Word of God. Let me explain to you my heart. My heart is not about program. My heart is not about having a religious ceremony. My heart is wanting to see you grow up spiritually, to become mature, to be strong, to be fruitful. And that is the heart of God. We want to see you grow up and you are ready to meet Jesus on the last day. And I would like to encourage all the members of this church here. I'm going to remind you again and again. If you're a member of this church, it means that you are called to be here. And I am representing Jesus to be like a spiritual father. And every message that I give and record and produce into MP3 or movie in the YouTube, all this message is specifically for the members of this church. And we put it in the internet so that other parts of the body of Christ can be blessed as well by coming into our teaching and learn something from us. But... The message is specifically for you. Every message that I wrote and preached was directed by the Holy Spirit. So He wants to talk to you. He wants to educate you. Therefore, please don't take it for granted. But take advantage of the resources in the internet or at our CD table. You can come with a hard drive and download every teaching, English, whatever language, Chinese, Japanese, German, You can listen to those messages and it will change your life. Pastor Da and I, while we were driving to Mount Rainier, we listened to the message the whole time, back and forth. We educate ourselves. The more you listen, the more faith you have, the more understanding of the things of God so that we will not make mistakes on this earth. Amen. So I want you to know that we have resources, hundreds or maybe thousands of teaching in our computer that you can download and in the internet and podcast, all this thing. Please listen. Be in the Word of God. Partake the Word of God. Yes, you can read your own Bible, but God still ordained and anoint the teacher to explain the Word so that you can understand quicker instead of trying to figure it out yourself. God anointed somebody to be teacher to explain the Word of God. Today, I would like to talk about the fire of God. I know that Usually this topic is not going to talk much on Sunday morning, but the Lord told me to share about it. This is a big subject. The file of God is a big subject, and most Christians in the world don't understand, never have experiences, or many, many churches don't even know about the file of God. Before I read many scripture and explain about the file of God, I would like to read from Matthew chapter 3, verses 10 to 11. Actually, 11 to 12. 11 to 12. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandal I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and not all, and fire. If you never heard the word of fire of God, it's in the Bible, everywhere, a lot. 
the Bible talk about the fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Father, we thank you so much for educating, teaching your people in this house, Lord. To understand different subjects in the Bible, we believe everything you say in the Bible is important to us, is applicable to us, and we need to know, we need to have faith, and we need to put into practice so that we can be fruitful and we can be effective for you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your teaching. May your Holy Spirit bring revelation. Lord, to our heart, it will not be just a knowledge in the brain, but it will be the revelation in the heart, so that we have faith, so that we can walk in it, Lord, every single day. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. When we talk about the fire of God, definitely there are different fires in the Bible. Let me explain to you quickly. Number one, the fire of hell that we don't want to emphasize today. Number two, the fire at the judgment seat of Christ, which is the fire that burn if people serve God with wrong motive, with wrong attitude. That fire will burn the rewards away, and they get into heaven without rewards. We are not going to talk about that fire today. Also, there is the fire of the Holy Spirit that mentioned in Matthew chapter three, verses ten to eleven, talking about. Holy Spirit and His fire. When we talk about this fire, it talks about purging, cleaning, and cleansing, purification. In another word, we call sanctification. Sanctification means purification to make you like Jesus Christ. A lot of time, people stop at only salvation. Oh, I'm glad I believe in Jesus and. I now am saved. My sins are forgiven. I have a ticket to go to heaven, and they stop there and never pass that to salvation. In fact, the Bible have more than to salvation, because He wants us to grow up, to become mature, to attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. He wants us to become more like Christ, and as Human being like us, even though we are born again, we have a lot of junks, we have a lot of draws and chaff, a lot of things in our life, either tradition or sinful habit or bondage or something in our life that causes not to become like Christ. Some of us may have a habit of lying or laziness, or some of us procrastinate all the time. Some of us may not love God as much as we should. We have wrong things in our life that God wants to get rid of them, so that we become more like Jesus Christ. And God used His Holy Spirit, the fire of the Holy Spirit, to come and burn that junk out of us, so that we become more like Jesus, so that we can be more effective vessel on earth. And when that day Jesus comes back, we will be pure, holy bride, ready to meet Jesus Christ. We will not be immature Christian, baby Christian, or we call carnal Christian, Christian that walk in the flesh according to the sinful nature. We will not be just a soulish Christian or mental Christian, just analyze, analyze, analyze. But we will be spiritual Christian. We will become holy and pure like Jesus. 
God say, "I am holy, therefore you should be holy." God sent the fire of the Holy Spirit to cleanse the church to be holy and pure. Some Christians just emphasize salvation and power. I need the gift of word of knowledge. I need the gift of healing. I need the gift of prophecy. Gift, 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 gift. I'm not against the gift. I'm for the gift. I want the gift too. This morning on the way here, I was driving to church. I pray, God, give me more anointing. Give me the gift of healings. Give me more gift because I want to serve you more effectively. But don't just stop at salvation and the gift. But we should also believe that God wants to clean us to become holy and pure like Jesus Christ. Before I get into the word, the fire of the Holy Spirit, I like to talk about the fourth kind of fire. First, the fire of hardships or the fire of tests and trials. God sent those kind of fire into our life to do something. Before we go on, I'd like to read Isaiah chapter six, first verse five to seven. Isaiah six five to seven. This is a scripture talk about a prophet. His name is Isaiah. Isaiah was anointed by the Holy Spirit. He was anointed. He was gifted. He loved God, and he is not just lukewarm Christian. He's on fire for God. But look at what Isaiah say about his own life and about what God can do for him. Isaiah six five to seven. So I said, "What is me? For I am undone." Uh, this is from the word from the mouth of the prophet. I am undone because I'm a man of unclean lips. He realized that he had a problem. He is a prophet. He's a believer. He's anointed, but he realized he has a problem of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, a live coal, the coal that has fire in it. There's still ongoing fire in that coal, which he had taken with the tongue from the altar, from the altar of God. There is a fire. From the book of Daniel, chapter seven, verses nine to ten, Daniel chapter seven, verses nine to ten, talking about the altar of God. As I look, thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow; the hair of his head was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire. The throne of God at the altar. Was full of the fire, and its wheels were all ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from before him. Thousand upon thousand attended him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated, and the books were open. Daniel saw the vision that the throne room has the fire, and the seraphim. Get the fire from the throne, from the altar, and what did he do? And he touched my mouth with it. The fire came to touch his mouth, unclean lips, and said, "Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away." The fire came to cleanse that unclean lips, and your sin purged. You can see here that. The fire of God from the throne room, the Holy Spirit came 
to get rid of the sinful nature, the sinful inclination in our life, the demonic oppression, so that our lips will be more clean, our thoughts, our attitude will be more clean, more pure, like Jesus Christ. He wants to do that to us until the last day of our life. He wants to clean us up. The church should desire holiness because we are the children of the Holy God. Amen. We should not play around with sin and wrong attitudes and motive. But we cannot do by ourselves because we are living in this flesh, in the sinful body, in the fleshly body that still have the sinful desire. We cannot do it by ourselves. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the fire of God to come and burn, like burning the gold, and let the impurity come up to the surface, so that the goldsmith can scoop out the impurity from the gold to make the pure gold. God wants to put the fire into us to burn all the junk up to the surface, and He can remove them from our life. I have been in a fire since 1996. And I noticed that my life has changed so much. He cleansed me. A lot of wrong attitudes and wrong thinking has been taken away from me. I serve God with more pure motive than before. My way of life has changed because the fire of God kept cleansing me, cleansing me to become more like Jesus Christ. But there is another fire in our life that I would like to read some scripture today. And if I have time, I come back to the fire of the Holy Spirit. Another fire that God put into our life is the fire of pressure, problem, suffering. God allows the suffering, trials, hardships, disappointments to come into our life. If we never face any pressure at all, we will never know what we are made of. We know who we are, we are made of. And we know our weaknesses when we face the hardships. Otherwise, we come to church every Sunday. Oh, I'm fine. Nothing wrong about me. I'm good. But when the trial comes, oops. Hmm. I just find out now that I could not control my tongue. I get mad and just blow out of my tongue. I have weakness of my tongue. Or somebody offend you. Have some suffering offend you. Steal something for you. And you begin to find out that Wow, I have a problem with unforgiveness. I cannot forgive people. It's hard to see that man's face again because he hurt my feeling. You start to see who you are when you face disappointment, hardships, and pressure. So thank God when God allows hardship to come by so we can see ourselves. And the way to respond is not to get mad at God and not to get mad at people. The way to respond to hardships is to offer that weaknesses that we see in ourselves when hardship comes. We offer to Him and say, God, this is my problem. I have this weakness. Could you please help me to come out from this weakness in my life? Could you please get rid of it by your word and by your Holy Spirit? He sent this fire of hardship to reveal who we are. What we are made of. Are we made with gold or jewelry or precious stone? Or we are made of just rubbish thing? God wants to show you who you are. Sometimes people cannot tell you because you can pretend. But on the inside, He knows 
and he want to reveal to you by sending the hardship to you. In 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 6 to 8. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire. God wants to test your faith, your commitment, your loyalty, your generosity. He wants to test your faith in God by sending something to stir you up and see, are you in faith or you are doubtful people? It is tested by fire, by the trials and hardship. Maybe found praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love. Though now you do not see him yet believing, you rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory. The Bible talks about hardships and trials to test our faith. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 to 19. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice every time you face a trial. What do you do? Ha, ha, ha. Ho, ho, ho. Amen? Don't cry. Because you know you're going to pass the test and you're going to get promotion. And you're going to become more mature. Because the thing that blocked you from being fruitful is going to be revealed. And you just give it to God. God, this is my weakness. This is the thing that hindered me from growing and being fruitful. I give it to you so that you can take care and change my life. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. When the hardship makes you know who you are, you get rid of them, you give to God, you grow up more, you become more fruitful, you become more mature, God can use you more. What happened when you meet Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ on that day? You're going to get more rewards. You're going to have thumb up from Jesus. Wow, so good. I'm proud of you. you will have, you'll be overjoyed because the Lord gives you imperishable rewards in heaven. You are being formed and molded and burned by the fire right now to make you become honorable vessel of God, to be used by God. That's why when suffering comes, don't complain, but rejoice. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal or even a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, you don't suffer because you sin, you cheat, or you do something wrong. You suffer because you are a Christian. You live for Jesus Christ. Do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the family of God. And if it begins with us, so God sometimes brings judgment to people in the church. To wake people up and say, repent. Don't stop doing that. What will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, you remember Jesus said that to enter the kingdom of heaven is a narrow gate, is a difficult way, difficult road. It's not easy to stay righteous and walk with God to the end of your life. That's why the Bible says, endure to the end so that you will not lose your salvation. 
It needs endurance to walk with God to the end, because you're gonna face some hardship, you're gonna face some pressure and trial, and you need to overcome. You need to grow up. So it's a lot of tests and a lot of trial that you have to go through in life. What will become of ungodly and the sinner? So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful Creator and continue to do good. Second Timothy chapter two verse three: You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. When we face trial, don't quit, don't wake away from God, don't run away from church. Just endure, and you pass it. So you can grow up more. You become more like Jesus. You give those areas of your weakness to God and let the fire of the Holy Spirit burn you. Let the Word of God change you. Endure to the end. Revelation chapter two verse ten. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful until death. Today, somebody offend you a little bit. You are not killed yet. You walk away from God. You say bye bye. You offend me. The Bible say, "Be faithful until death." So many times when I corrected some member about their sin, I don't see them next Sunday. They disappear. They walk away from God. They are not faithful to the end. Don't be like that, amen. Be faithful until even death, and I will give you the crown of life to go through hardships, to go through trials, disappointments, corrections, discipline from God are not fun. It's not fun. That's why you have to stand firm, endure to the end. Don't quit, don't walk away, because God has a reward prepared for you if you don't quit and you keep going with God, keep growing. Amen. John chapter 15, verse 2. God talk about pruning, get rid of something that hinder us from being fruitful for Him. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit, that stops bearing, He cuts away, trim off, takes away. And he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit, to make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. I like Amplified Bible. Very clear. God wants to prune something in your life. Want to change something? You may have some habit, some attitude that really blocked you from being fruitful for God. He's going to send something to you to wake you up and say, "You have this problem." Get rid of them right now. He tried to prune it, tried to show you your weaknesses, your shortcomings, your wrong attitudes, your wrong motive. He will allow you to go through some sufferings in order to prune you, to make you become more fruitful, bear more fruit. Not only more fruit, but richer and more excellent fruit. And on the last day, you will get a lot of rewards. Amen. That is the desire of our Father. He doesn't want you just to have salvation, live a loose life on earth, non-fruitful, and just 
Just live day by day, waiting to go to heaven. He wants to shape you, change you, transform you to become more like Christ. He wants to use you. I want you to have this mentality, okay? Not just salvation. I'm saved already. It's done deal. No, it's a journey. It's a journey that you need to grow and face hardships and grow and become more fruitful until you enter into heaven with a big reward from God. Job chapter 23, verse 10. But he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, test us, I shall come forth as gold. When God tests you, don't run away. Don't quit. Go through it. Repent. Change. Let God do something in your life so that you will come out as gold, not rubbish thing, not the unimportant things. He wants you to be honorable and pure and useful for the kingdom of God. Amen. I know this message is quite strong, but I need to give you some steak sometime so that you will grow up. Amen. You like steak? I like steak. <laughs> Hallelujah. We are going to face some hardship and don't be surprised when you face the hardships because that is the way God wants to shape you, purify you, and sanctify you. I'm going to come back to another fire, the fire of the Holy Spirit from the life of the Apostle Paul. Many of you know that Saul, before he became an apostle, he was a believer, he was zealous for God, he was hungry for the things of God, but he did not know Jesus Christ. He thought that Jesus was a false teacher. He thought that Christianity was against Judaism, his own belief of believing in Jehovah. Therefore, Paul went out to persecute the church. He arrested Christian and put Christian in jail. And one day, in Acts chapter 19, verse 3, Acts 19, 3, as Saul journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly, everyone says suddenly, a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground, and hear a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, he answered in his own question, Who are you, Lord? He asked, Who are you? And he answered it, Lord. So he know that that is God. Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And later on, he entered Ananias' house, and Ananias lay hand on him. He was blind after he was touched by the fire of God from heaven. The light came upon him. This is in you know, Middle East. If the light is so strong, it must be very stronger than the sunshine in the Middle East. The light came upon him. The fire of God hit him so hard and he fell to the ground. He believed God, but he rejected Jesus. Jesus showed up 
what is the fire of God? The fire of God is the tangible presence of the manifestation of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. The fire of God is the tangible presence and manifestation of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Jesus showed up on that road to Damascus as the fire. The strong light hit Paul. Saul had a head-on collision with God. The fire of God hit him so hard and he became born again. And after that, his life totally turned around into the servant of God. He was very evil because he was persecuting Christian. He put Christian in jail even though he believed in God. But that touch, that encounter with God, the head-on collision, turned the man around. Do you know that many, many great servants in the world, in the past generation, had encountered the fire of God? Either in their own bedroom or in somewhere. I don't want to mention all of their names, but I studied so many Many great preachers and great people who took China, who produced so many great teaching in the body of Christ that I still read their books today. They gave the testimony that when they were serving God at the beginning, God showed up in their bedroom. The fire of God hit them like Paul, like Saul. And their life was totally changed. Anytime God's people encounter God like that. Something change happened. You remember Moses. When Moses encountered the fire at the burning bush, he turned around from being a shepherd to be the great leader who led the children of Hebrew out of Egypt, from the slavery of Egypt, after he met Jesus at that burning bush, the Spirit of God. When God encountered you, something happened on the inside. He put some print into your life. And that would show out of your eyes that you are a different man. The heaven put the imprint on you. Something happened on the inside of you. Because God's spirit touched you, changed you, cleansed you, take away the fear. Take away the love of the world. And you become banana for God. You be, fall in love with Jesus. You want to live for Jesus. And that's what happened to me many years ago. When the fire of God hit me, touched me. I had similar experience as Paul, but different generation. The fire of God hit me many years ago. And after that, I was a changed man, totally changed by the fire of God. And the fire of God is still working in my life as well. How many people want that radical transformation? I want a radical transformation. I know I cannot serve God by my own strength. I cannot love God by my own heart. I cannot be a good Christian by my own way. I need God to come and touch me and change me and burn all the junk out of me. And that's why God still sent the fire in this generation. The fire of God has not been shut off from heaven. He still sent the fire today into the world. He hit Paul so hard to the point that he changed his name from Saul to Paul. 
I'm glad God did not change my name from Varun to John. I'm still Varun, l a h a p r a s i t not John l a h a p r a s i t yet. My name still the same. What is the key to receive this this change and encounter with God? The key is hunger. You need to be hungry and thirsty for righteousness. Hunger doesn't happen overnight. Hunger is being built little by little, and that's why sometimes God sends hardship to you to get you hungry. I tell you my story. The reason I get hungry and encounter the fire of God, because when I started this church in 1988, God. Call me in my bedroom. Start the church, even though I was a neurosurgery resident at Harborview Hospital, 24/7 on call. Only one Sunday a month that I was off from being on call at Harborview Hospital. He called me to start the church. It's almost impossible. How come I become both resident at the university and start the church at the same time? But God said you have to do it, so I obeyed. When I started the church, even though we spoke in tongues. We believe in the word, but I struggle. My relationship with my wife was not good. We have problem in marriage. The church struggle. We don't see signs and wonders. I become discouraged and I become dry and dry. Even though I try to serve God, I love God so much. I try to serve God, but my life just did not go anywhere. I was so discouraged and very tired and exhausted. By around 1995, I began to cry out to God. God allow the failure, the struggling in my marriage, all these things to wake me up and say, even though you are a surgeon, even though you have high education and you are a smart guy, it doesn't mean that you can do my work very well without my help. I became humble and say, God, I learn now that it's not me. I need your help. I cried out to God with hunger. God, there must be something more than this. More than just speaking in tongue, more than just getting into the word, study the word, preaching the word. There must be something more than this to help me to become your better servant and to cure my marriage and to help my members to grow up faster and to touch the world for you, to have more impact to people for you. I cried out for one whole year. God, I need something. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty for more, but I don't know what it is. Until one day, God sent a preacher from Australia to come to our camp. His name is Pastor Richard Holland. He passed away at that time. When he came, he was maybe 76 years old. He came to our camp, and after he preached, he began to lay hand on people. He walked close to me, and I was on the floor. He didn't even lay hand on me. He just walked by. I was gone. God touched me, and after that, I asked him, "What happened? Why your ministry is not what I heard many years ago? I heard that he was against the move of the Holy Spirit. He told me that he did not like all this preacher that moved in the Holy Spirit. One of his disciple was my pastor at that time, so I know about him quite well. And he told me that one of the evangelists went to." Melbourne, Australia. That's where he pastored the church. His church has about 300 members. This evangelist show up and taught about the fire of God. He called all the pastor up, lay hand on all the pastor. All this pastor got touched by the fire. His church grow from 300 
to be 2,000 within a year. And this evangelist called one, maybe seven or five years old kid come up, touched that kid with the fire. The kid went back to the school, the Christian school, on Monday after that revival service. When the kid walked into the room, all the teacher fell on the floor, fell down on the ground because the anointing was still on the kid. So all this teacher became drunk in the Holy Spirit in the school. And revival happened in Melbourne at that time. When I heard that, I say, I think God answered my prayer. I need to go and get, get touched by the fire. I did. I find out that this evangelist came to Portland, Oregon that year, 1987. I and my wife and my mom drove to Portland, Oregon to the meeting. I could not understand his preaching at all because it just went over my head. His teaching is too deep for me. I don't understand about Holy Spirit at that time. It's too deep. So I just sit there and could not understand what he was talking about. But when he say, I'm going to lay hand on pastor and preacher. Oh, I tell you, my legs are short. Shorter than American pastor. I'm a small guy. And I was sitting in the back of the room. Most American evangelists and pastors are tall and handsome. I was small. I grabbed the hands of my wife, ran to the front very quickly. And I was number two in the line, in the prayer line. The evangelist came by, lay hand on every single head. And I was number two, my wife number three. God touched me. I laughed in the Holy Ghost for half an hour. I was drunk. After that day, I had never been the same. The fire of God began to move in my life and change me. Totally changed. After that, I kept flying back to the southeast to learn about a fire, to understand about the move of the Holy Spirit because it's so new to me. I did not understand at all at that time. So I kept flying back many times a year to learn and I see now that the Bible is so real. But I was so hungry. I was hungry. You know, many times as Christians, we're not hungry. That's why we never get anything more from God. When you are hungry, God will move. God will do something for you. God will fill you up. But if you say, I have enough, I have money, I have position in the church, I know a lot of Bible already, I'm fine, it's okay, everything okay, I just wait for Jesus to come back, one day I will go up to heaven and be with Jesus for eternity, I'm fine, everything is okay. If you have that kind of attitude, lay back, you will never get anything from God that much. Because God gives to the hungry. The more hungry you are, the more pressed in you are, the more he's going to move, the more he's going to do something for you. That's why I love to go to the mission trip to the third world country. Because people are so hungry. They don't have good ATM machine. They don't have Medicare or social security to help them. They, they need to depend on God 100%. So when you go there, they say, me, I'm hungry, I want God. So God moved mightily when the whole congregation is hungry for God. Hallelujah. It's about the spirit of people. Yes. Don't blame God. God moves only you hungry. If you're not hungry, He's not going to move. 
He respect you. He will not push into you. He is a gentleman. Amen. He will never force you. You must be hungry. You must say, God, I want to change. I want to encounter you. I don't want to be the same anymore. I don't want to be that old way. I want to be in the new way. I want to love you more. I want to be more effective for you. Come and touch me. Come and change me. If you ask me to stand on my head and clap my feet in the air, I will do it. I don't care what people think about me. I don't care what people look down on me if I cry, if I laugh. Whatever happened to me, I don't care. I am so desperate for the things of God. I want to change, and then the fire will come to touch, to change, to burn all the junk out of you, burn all the hindrances or mountains that block you from loving Jesus on fire for God, block you from getting to the goodness of God in the blessing of God. Amen. One Indian head of the Indian tribe went to a revival service. He walked to the altar and he talked to the preacher. I want a big Holy Ghost. I don't want little little Holy Ghost. I want a big Holy Ghost. Do you want a big Holy Ghost? Do you want a big fire like what happened to Saul or the Apostle Paul? You may wonder why the Apostle Paul got the fire of God, even though he persecuted the church. Because, in fact, in his heart, he was on fire. He was on fire in a wrong way. <laughs> he tried to protect Judaism, but he wanted to protect Jehovah. The El Shaddai misunderstood Jesus. God saw his heart. This man has a right heart, but he was in the wrong direction. So I'm going to change his direction into serving Jesus. That's why the fire of God hit him at that road. And after that, he became a new man. He was an apostle. Preacher and doing a lot of things for God because he was touched by the fire of God. You remember what happened in the early church in the upper room in Acts chapter 2. 120 people who were hungry for God, thirsty for God, desperate for God. 500 people saw Jesus came back to life. Thousands of people were healed by Jesus, fed by Jesus. But only 120 people were hungry to wait in the upper room for 10 days. And by the end of 10 days, the Bible says, suddenly, again, suddenly, the light shone from heaven. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a, of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. These 120 disciples were so on fire, were hungry. And people in that generation shook the world upside down. They turned the world upside down. They preached the gospel. Churches were planted. Jerusalem was shaken by the fire of God. 3,000 souls saved in a short period. Amen? It did not happen because of man's ability and effort. It happened because of the fire of God. The fire of God still today. The Bible says that the glory of the latter temple 
will be greater than the early temple. What is the early temple? The early church. What is the glory? The tangible presence of God. Kabod in the Hebrew language means the tangible, thick presence of God or the file of God. We are in the latter temple now. We are in the end time church. We even need more fire than the early generation. The sin today, the work of Satan and demon are even stronger than that generation. You see everywhere in the movie, in the TV, everywhere, the work of the devil in every institution. We need more fire in this, in, in this generation than even in the time of King Solomon, even more in the time of the Apostle Paul. Amen? I just want to stir you up to have the hunger and thirst in your heart. Don't be laid back Christian. Be hungry. I want to change. I know God has something more for me. I know it's not done yet. God will not change you to be like Jesus in one touch because you could not handle it anyway. To be touched by the fire, it takes a lot of energy in your body to handle. So he cannot change you overnight. He needs to change you from glory to glory to glory. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, I read for you. From glory to glory to glory. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. In other words, we take off the veil and we encounter the tangible presence of God directly. Are being transformed into the same image. Whose image? The image of Jesus Christ. We are being transformed to become more like Him. From glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. This morning, I talked to Pastor Da. I'm going to end my sermon here. I talked to Pastor Da. I, I'm not the type of pastor who thinks much about program or think much about how to entertain people. I believe that besides having Jesus in your life as a local church, the important thing for you is the Word. You need to know the Word. That's why I read a lot of Scripture. To show you that I'm not coming here to be motivational speaker without teaching the Word of God. You need the Word. And the second thing that you need in the house of God, very important, not program. The tangible presence of God, the Holy Spirit. Program cannot change you. But the Word and the Spirit will change you. And will give you real fulfillment and real maturity. Amen? Definitely fellowship. We need fellowship. Because through the fellowship, we can learn from one another. Amen? I want to encourage you today. Don't be happy with where you are. How many people are like Jesus 100%? No one, is it right? I'm not. I still have a long way to go to become like Jesus. I have a long way to go to have the anointing like Jesus. I have a long way to go to have that same attitude as Jesus. So we are still on the process of growing from glory to glory to glory. Therefore, get into the Word. Get into the fire. Keep growing, 
changing. That is the journey of all the believers on earth. No one have arrived to the maximum where God wants us to be yet. Amen. Be hungry. Go home and pray. Ask yourself, am I hungry for God? Do I want to change more? Oh, I'm fine now. Oh, I'm lukewarm now. Lukewarmness is not good. We need to be hot for God. Am I hungry for God? As long as you are in this church, I promise you, your pastor is going to be on fire until I die. And my job is to stir you up to be on fire. My job is to keep reminding you to be on fire, to love Jesus more, to be growing up, to change, to be used of God. That's my job every Sunday. Amen? Amen. To love God more and more, to become more like Jesus. That's my job. I need to keep reminding you, otherwise you forget. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me read one thing quickly. In Hebrews chapter 6, from verse 1 on. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation. Of the foundation means the ABC, the basic. How many people have to go to the preschool and first grade, second grade, before you can get to high school and university? Do you have to go to preschool? Do you learn how to read? Learn how to add and minus things before you go to university? So this is the foundation. This is the basic ABC of repentance from dead works of faith toward God of the doctrine of baptisms of laying on of hands laying on of hands is A, B, C in the body of Christ in the kingdom of God it's nothing new it's nothing extravagant it's just basic the members of the church will be blessed if the pastor practice the laying on of hands your family will be blessed if you practice the laying on of hands. You lay hand on your wife, bless her. Lay hand on your kids, bless them. Amen? When we lay hand, we do a few things. Number one, we lay hand to impart the blessing. That's how God used lay hand to impart the blessing. You lay hand on the sick, they shall be healed. You lay hand to ordain leaders, to anoint leaders. You lay hand on somebody to send out to be missionary to go out out of the city to do something. And not only that, you lay hand to impart the Holy Spirit upon people. That's what Paul did. He lay hand in Acts chapter 19. He lay hand on those new believers and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. You lay hand to impart the Spirit. So no matter what God going to do to you today, when I lay hand on you, oh, first of all, you need to understand that if you went back 2,000 years ago, if you don't like the laying out of hand, you will not like Jesus either. Because Jesus has a touching ministry. 
he lay hand all the time. He touched the kids. He lay hand on Peter's mother-in-law. He lay hand on the lepers. He lay hand all the time. He has a touching ministry. Paul, the Bible say, Paul performed unusual miracles through his hand. So he lay hand a lot too. The laying on of hand is mentioned in the Bible, and is told by God that we need to practice. Because I want you to be blessed. That's why I want to lay hand on you today. Specific group of people. If you never been filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues, like the, in the upper room, I want that first group to stand in front here. And if you want to be touched by the fire, you can come too. But if you never been filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in tongue, you come here. I will lay hand on you to receive the Holy Spirit. I have this gift. Everywhere I went in the world, everybody who come out be filled with the Holy Spirit. God give me this gift, Amen. So if you are those people, please come in the front here. You, uh, this is no force, no demand. If you don't want to, I'm not going to demand you. It's your own will. I will pray for you. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongue, and the rest of people, if you want to be prayed for, I will pray for you today, Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Come close to me. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. If you need to go, I understand. If you have something to do, this is the time of the ministering of the Holy Spirit. I want to give some time for the Holy Spirit to work in your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We call baptism with the Holy Spirit. When you are born again, you have the Spirit inside you already. But God say not enough. He want to fill you up to overflow. What you do? You ask Him. He say, when you ask, I will give to you. So I'm gonna lead you to pray, to ask God to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and then you open your heart by faith to receive. To receive, when I lay hand on you, you feel that God come upon you. You just do it by faith. Open your mouth and start to speak. God gonna give you the language that you never speak before. You need to yield and surrender. God will never force you. This is all about surrender. It's about hungry. It's about yielding to God. Amen. How desperate you are. If you desperate. You do whatever, 
You don't care. I, I do whatever He wants me to do. I want it. Okay. So I'm going to lead you to pray to ask the Holy Spirit to come upon you, and you just receive by faith. Pray with me, Father in heaven. I need your Holy Spirit, Lord. I want to be filled, baptized with the Holy Spirit. Pour your Holy Spirit on me this morning. I need your power. Change me. Empower me. I open my heart and receive the Holy Spirit by faith. I obey you, Lord, to receive the Holy Spirit. That is your command. Fill me right now with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah! Pastor Caesar, Pastor Arash, can you help lay hand on people who want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Hallelujah! Pastor Caesar, help me in the front here. Those who want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Shukorapa, shikorapa skita, hashkorapa. Be filled. Be filled. Fill me with your love. Be filled. Be filled. Be filled. Be filled. Holy Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Speak out loud. Open your mouth. Speak. Speak out loud. Speak it out. Speak by faith. Hora kushkita. Shikoro kushkita reyalapa. Shukurak haskidriyala papushkudriyapa. Filled! 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 Fire! Filled! Filled! Fire! 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 Receive by faith. Open your mouth. Speak in tongue. God gonna give you the language. Just go by faith. You speak, but God give you the language. Touch me. Yes, yes. Go ahead. Flow, 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 flow. Jump into the water of God. Yes. Keep speaking. Keep receiving. Keep being filled. Yes, Lord. Keep speaking. Yes, Lord. Fire. Holy Spirit. Speak. Speak. Holy Spirit. Speak. Speak out loud. Lord, kaskidariyala, kaskidariyala, Baba. Oh, shukanta nikitikatara kaskidariyala. Filled. Filled. 
by faith. Just open your mouth, speak. Speak, Rukus Ketraba. Speak. Feel. Feel right now. Feel. 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 Yes, keep speaking. Fire. Jesus, Jesus, yes, speak out loud. Speak out loud. You receive already. Speak out loud. Let God hear your voice. In this church, we don't worry about it. Yeah, just keep up. Yes, yeah. Yes, speak out loud. No, no, go right. Speak out loud. Yes, go ahead. Speak out loud. Louder. Fire. 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 You will never be the same. The Lord said to you, I love you so much. I want to give you more goodness and more blessing. Yes, I love you. 
I love you so much, my son and daughter. Yes, yes, I have the best plan for your life. I want to use you. I want to give you more resources, more of my resources to you. Yes, go r a p a s k i t a r a y a l a k a s k i t a r a Fire. Fire! Fire! Build! <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I yield to you, Spirit of the Lord. Fire! 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 The junk, anything that doesn't belong to God, belong to the kingdom of God, has to go right now. Fire! 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 Filch! Message is ministered to you. 
If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty.